The Denver Broncos could be getting tight end Greg Dulcich back sooner rather than later as the team faces a short turnaround for the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football. What was our Tuesday practice report like? Well, you're going to get all that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for rocking with us, tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So do us a favor, hit that subscribe or that follow button if you've not done so already so you never miss out on a day's worth of Broncos news, content, coverage, and more every single day, all year long. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantly orange.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E, medical.com. There, my friend, Denver was on the practice field on Tuesday for really their only day of practice because you play a game on Sunday against the New York Jets that's very physical in between the trenches and then you have to turn it around and you face the juggernaut that is the Kansas City Chiefs at GEHA at Arrowhead Stadium which I always just call Arrowhead Stadium at this point but man it's a tough ask for players and you know my thoughts and my feelings on Thursday night football not a big fan of it for either team in the NFL to have to do it. It's tough to be able to turn it around that quickly from a physical standpoint. And on top of that, you don't get a lot of game preparation in. So Denver coming into this game, hopefully they can get some guys back going into Thursday's matchup against the Chiefs. Right. Luckily, a, a familiar opponent, like you said, a short week coming up, but the Denver Broncos getting a little bit healthier. I know the big news piece of news that everybody's kind of wondering about is Greg Dulcich and we're going to talk about him but running back Javante Williams a full participant at practice on Tuesday Cody so that's big news for the Broncos running game obviously if you want to be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs I think we we've yet to see what we kind of thought the Broncos identity would be this season which is running the ball being more physical in that area setting up that offensive line for a bit more success in pass protection unfortunately kind of been the opposite we've seen a lot more passing the ball and a lot more emphasis on Russell Wilson orchestrating the offense as opposed to the running game kind of being what everything filters through but having Javante Williams back for this game that could be that could be huge obviously the Broncos didn't let him play against the Jets maybe they were just kind of saving him for this game but it's going to be huge for this offense to get back on track right they sputtered a little bit there in the second half to say the least against the Jets and now you got to face a Kansas City team where it's it's almost like if you don't score 30-plus points, you ain't going to win. Yeah, and that's going to be, I mean, what a tough challenge, right? You just play a game, a physical game against the Jets, and oh, yeah, you're already struggling as is. you got to go play Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs in just a couple of days without much time to prepare. I mean, that's a tough challenge here. Uh, in terms of some other injury updates, you mentioned Javante Williams there. Uh, Justin Sternod, one of the Broncos' key special teams guys, frontline guys on kick return, kickoff, whatever you may have there, one of their core four guys, 
He popped up on the injury report with a back issue, was a limited participant in Tuesday's practice here. Everybody, for the most part, that was dealing with some injuries last week, like Lloyd Cushenberry, Baron Brown, and coming off of, obviously, the PUP list. And you look at guys like Mike Purcell, Justin Simmons, those guys were all limited with the same ailments that they were dealing with last week here. But I would also say this as well, no DJ Jones for the Broncos. He was on the side field when we were watching practice on Tuesday at the Centura Health Training Center there. Obviously, suffered a knee injury in the second quarter. The Broncos lost to the New York Jets. He did not return for the remainder of that game. And look, I mean, not participating here on this important day, part of me is wondering here, I'm not sure at this point if he's going to be on track to play, especially dealing with the knee injury. Like those things are very serious. If he can't have his full force behind him when he anchors down and engages, that's going to be a tough thing to have. So if he's not able to go, you may see a practice squad elevation to game day for a guy like Tyler Lancaster. Might see a little bit more Elijah Garcia. Obviously, Mike Purcell was questionable as well last week going into the game, but did play. Um, obviously, limited participant here for Denver. But there, there's optimism they're going to get some guys back here soon. We'll dive a little bit deeper to that, including talking about Greg Dulcich here. But Frank Clark was also not spotted at practice on Tuesday for the Broncos. We asked Sean Payton after practice if there was anything that was up with that because, as we all know, on Sunday morning, we saw some of the reports that teams are calling and interested about adding maybe Frank Clark, maybe initiating a trade with Denver for him. Um, and, and I'm very curious to see what team would do that considering where he's at and in terms of rotational role. He's been injured this year. His first game back was against the Jets. So a lot of things there, but obviously he was excused with an illness here for the Broncos on Tuesday. Yeah, and certainly we saw other pass rushers kind of getting more reps. I saw Ronnie Perkins was out there on Sunday against the Jets, so the Broncos got him some action. Who knows how close we are to Baron Browning actually getting game action too, right? I don't know if the Broncos necessarily, they just activated him off the PUP last week. I know it's already almost game day here for the Broncos, but it hasn't been a full week of practice or anything like that. So get those young guys some more opportunities. And Frank Clark's situation kind of reminds me, I remember a couple of years ago, Melvin Ingram, I can't remember who he even signed with, if it was Miami or something, but Pittsburgh traded for him or, or vice versa, something like that. So it could be kind of a, similar situation there where it's like why is somebody trading for for him and then he obviously goes to a new place and maybe gets some more playing time and you never know so hopefully i mean he gets at least one shot against the kansas city chiefs i know he you know talked in the offseason about how it's not much of a rivalry when one team is winning all the games so maybe he could do his part to kind of help the broncos get back on the board there but ultimately i think it's it's beneficial long term for the broncos to get more reps for those younger guys yeah, and look, they're going to have to find a way to stop the run. I'm not sure how they're going to do it. And and when you have such a short week that the Broncos have here, Sarah, it's hard to make a schematic change or it's hard to even get that physical prep in for some of the looks you're going to see. And Sean Payton touched on it. The way that Kansas City runs the ball, they don't do a lot of under center stuff. They Everything that they do in their run game is based out of the shotgun. And you have to worry about Patrick Mahomes, who's their second leading rusher, right? When you have really good coverage, he's a guy that'll get to the outside. He's a guy that'll take it underneath inside or the A gap or the B gap and then pick up a first down. I mean, how many times have we seen him on like a third and 20 scramble to pick up a first down? He's done that several times this year. I think he's got 154 yards, if I'm not mistaken, in the rushing department so far for the Chiefs this season through five games. So he's a guy that can hurt you as well on the ground. But I mean, just general vibe talking to players in the locker room you know they're going through a lot of treatment you know a lot of the recovery stuff because a lot of these guys bodies won't necessarily be right until thursday 
when they have to go play. So it's treatment. Everything was a walkthrough pace on Tuesday, which, you know, there's some fans out there that want these guys to just go and tackle each other at practice. You realize NFL teams don't tackle each other during the regular season. There's a lot of angry people like they need to be more physical with each other. That's how you get more injuries. So letting logic speak here, Denver's just trying to get into Thursday's game as healthy as they can to prepare for a very, very difficult test that is the Kansas City Chiefs. And could the Broncos potentially have a joker in their deck here on Thursday night football here with the return of one key player being a possibility? We'll dive deep into Greg Dulcich and maybe his status going into Thursday's game for the Broncos. And you're going to get all that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or you're scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. First off, let's take a look at Los Angeles Rams quarterback Matthew Stafford. He has been passing a ton all season long for the Rams, but recorded his first two-touchdown game of the season only in Week 5 against the Philadelphia Eagles, who's a tough challenge with Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell all healthy together as his clear top three wideouts. He will go to work with an even bigger game at home against the Arizona Cardinals' pass defense Sean McVay has his veteran quarterback rolling, and Stafford won't disappoint in Week 6. With his young receivers balling to help Cup, Stafford has quickly become a rejuvenated fantasy asset for 2023 that should have more big days ahead. Vinny Iyer from Lockdown Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. They've got brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs. eBay Motors, they've got it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Once again, that's ebaymotors.com eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Could we see Greg Dulcich back on the field for the Denver Broncos very soon? Like Cody asked, could there be a joker in the deck for Thursday night against Kansas City? We're going to talk about Greg Dulcich, his potential impact, when he could be coming back, if he's coming back quicker than maybe anticipated. But before we do, I want to give a huge shout out to every single one of you that makes Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day free and available on YouTube as well as wherever you can find podcasts. And I know Cody and I, we're so grateful for every single one of you that considers yourself an everyday listener of the show. Those of you that dive into the comment section on YouTube, those of you that maybe retweet the show on Twitter or, or whatever you want to call it these days. Cody, we're just so appreciative of all these people who make Lockdown Broncos part of their day, however they choose to do so. So mile high salute to every single one of you. And let's get to some news on Greg Dulcich, Cody, because it sounds like maybe the Broncos are prepping for him to come back. I know he suffered that hamstring injury. They didn't even initially put him on injured reserve, which kind of led me to believe that that wasn't, you know, maybe they maybe they were thinking he could come back quicker than the four weeks, but they ultimately decided, I think, a day or two later, hey, let's put him on injured reserve, give him the full four weeks. Could we see him against the Kansas City Chiefs? 
Well, the team officially designated him to return from injured reserve on Tuesday, which means that he could potentially return against Kansas City here on Thursday, though. Here's the one thing as well. He popped up on the injury report, obviously coming off of IR. You know, he was he graduated from the side field to the field where, you know, they, they participate in individual period team stretch. Anytime a player goes from the side field to that, that's a great sign for where they're at but he has yet to practice in pads since he had suffered that injury. I think it was during the week one game against the Las Vegas Raiders. That's where he suffered that. So there is a chance here that he could play on Thursday night football. Sean Payton had told us after practice, you know, they're still looking at everything regarding maybe what they're going to do with him or whether or not he's going to be able to play. But he did mention that he's close, which is a great sign here for Denver. But now let's say hypothetically speaking here, Sarah, him coming off of a hamstring injury. Let's say even if he doesn't play on Thursday against the Chiefs, Maybe that makes makes it more likely he's going to come back for that Green Bay Packers game, which I know you'll be in town for for that. Will he, What type of element do you think he's going to be able to add here back into the Broncos offense? Because ideally we saw a little bit of him in week one. From that point forward with him not out there, I feel like it's kind of altered the Broncos game plan a little bit. If he is back, how do you see this impact in the Broncos offense from a personnel, maybe even a play calling standpoint? Well, it's huge because he gives you another vertical element in the passing game. He's somebody that can take a, a short, quick pass and turn it into a big gain downfield. We've always talked since the Broncos drafted Greg Dulcich about his big playability, averaging what, like 17, 18 yards a catch there at UCLA, just an absolute monster in the open field. And it's not like he's, you know, George Kittle out there. George Kittle kind of has some of those basketball crossover moves, but a lot of tight ends don't have, they, they can't make you miss in that way. But Dulcich is the type of guy who can kind of accelerate rather quickly and beat linebackers or beat safeties and utilize his length and speed and kind of deceptive quickness to be able to create plays, whether that's, you know, in the short intermediate passing game or in the vertical passing game. We saw, I think, ironically, in week six last year when he came back against the Chargers uh, on a Monday night football game where, man, he was able to kind of just explode right after coming off that hamstring injury that he had a season ago. So, feel really confident that if Dulcich is able to get back into the mix, he's somebody who adds just another element to that Broncos offense. They haven't had much production from the tight end position. I think Adam Troutman, you know, he him catching that touchdown pass against the Jets, I was like, oh, wow, he, he actually does exist out there. He actually is playing. So <laughs> now nah, he's doing work in the running game. I'm not trying to diminish that aspect. But in all seriousness, I think Dulcich just adds a completely different element to the passing game to where you can get him the ball going across the field and he could turn it up field and create. He can just do a lot more, I think, than the other tight ends the Broncos currently have. Well, and I think from a play calling standpoint as well, because look, he has embraced becoming a little bit more of a blocker out of some of the different roles he's going to have as a guy that's used as a wing. And then we go back to the role of the Joker. We really haven't seen the Broncos utilize the Joker role at all this year, right? Because I think Obviously, Dulcich goes out with the injury. Jerry Judy wasn't able to play week one, and Jerry's had some ups and downs here for Denver so far early on this season. And, you know, we were starting to think that maybe Jaleel McLaughlin's going to be the joker here for Denver, and very well that could be the case. But I think with a guy like Dulcich, and, and you, I don't think you can necessarily do this in Excel with Adam Trotman. This isn't a shot at Trotman in any way, shape, or form. 
But because of Dulcich's explosiveness and the speed that he possesses as a real ridiculous athlete, he's a guy that you can bring underneath formations, you know, leak out in the flats because the flats are going to be there at times for Denver against Kansas City with some of the way that they play their coverages. But if you have a guy on the inside at the tight end position who can move all around, that can do all these different things and maybe even line up out of the backfield at times as we've seen the Broncos get creative. A few weeks ago, we saw them do that with Jerry Judy, putting him in the backfield next to Russell Wilson. If you can do this with a guy like Greg Dulcich and then he starts to produce and capitalize on plays, it's going to force defenses to have to adjust a little bit. But how does a defense maybe counteract that if you're getting hurt in those areas or even in the seams where, unfortunately, Denver's been hurt in the last couple of weeks by in the seam game by tight ends? Can Denver start to do that to opposing defenses that they're going to be going against here? That's what the Broncos are going to need to have. And I think Greg Dulcich is the perfect type of body type and athlete that can make that happen here for Denver's offense. I think he is too, Cody. And it just like like we've been talking about all year, this Broncos offense definitely needs just more playmakers, uh, right? Uh, and it's not like they're having a, a problem right now getting the ball to too many guys. Uh, they're not having a problem splitting up targets. They, they need more guys that can create offense. Greg Dulcich is one who can do that, not only on his own, but for other people as well. When you have to account for his speed for his abilities after the catch and in the red zone in certain situations that opens up stuff for other guys it just it, it creates such a mismatch and so I, I was kind of surprised the Broncos put so many eggs in that basket to begin with you know this offseason with a great tight end draft some really good free agent tight ends available and yes they did get Adam Trotman they got Chris Manhurts Nate Adkins made the team as an undrafted player but was kind of surprised they put so many eggs in the Greg Dulcich basket by trading Albert Okawebunam away and saying, hey, we only need the one guy who can be that dynamic athletic threat at the position, like an after-the-catch type of guy. So I, I feel like this is huge for the Denver Broncos offense. Hopefully he is able to go against the Chiefs, but you'd obviously much prefer him to be 100% healthy than anything else. You know, as you were just talking about Troutman and Dulcich and the tight end position, you mentioned Manhurts, and it's almost like I forgot he even existed. Like, I honestly haven't seen anything out of Chris Manhurts in the last several weeks. I don't know if you've seen that, but it's like that's the guy when you mentioned his name is like, wait, he's still on the team. I don't know what's going on with that. Obviously, he's still on the team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I That didn't register yeah. with me when you brought that up, but it's like, what he was brought in to be a blocker here. And obviously Denver, the big need for them is to try to get the run game going. Could we see more Chris Manhurts this week against the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, he hasn't played a ton so far, so might as well, right? At this point, if you want to get it going, Javante Williams looking like he's going to be on track to return. Hey, John Payton, make it happen. Throw Chris Manhurts out there and see what you can do here out of some 12 and 13 personnel for the Broncos this week against Kansas City. What better way to get it going? than that here. But Broncos country, eager for your thoughts as well. Should Greg Dulcich play on Thursday, or would you be more on board with him maybe playing next week against the Green Bay Packers with some time to prepare and have extra time to get ready coming off the hamstring injury? Let us know if you're watching on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast here. But Broncos country, one thing we're going to take a look at here as well with kickoff set for about 24 to 48 hours from now in the Denver Broncos, Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night. After that game, the next 10 days could be very, very interesting for the Broncos. Could there be some significant changes coming? Well, we're going to dive deeper into that in today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. 
Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment that you need. Have you ever been in a situation where you were in pain or needed medication, but your doctor was out of town or you couldn't get in to see a physician because there were no appointments for days? I know I've been there before. Jace Medical is your solution, and it's simple. Just fill out an online form, and one of Jace Medical's board-certified physicians, they'll review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then, they will send your prescriptions to one of their partner pharmacies, where your Jace order will be filled, and life-saving medications will be mailed directly to your home in a Jace case. Not only that, but you can send your physician a message for answers to treatment-related questions anytime. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using my code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, real quick, just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast there. Broncos country, thank you so much for making us part of your everyday routine here. And speaking of routines, the Broncos have been in a negative one, unfortunately, for the first five weeks of the season, a one and four start. Now they're getting ready to take on the four and one Kansas City Chiefs on the road. Denver's lost 15 straight matchups against these guys. Thursday's game here could be very, very important towards we talk about ripple effects, right? That could impact maybe the rest of the season or even like a year, two years from now here because change could be in the air. And could the Broncos, I mean, there's a real chance here in certain areas, certain positions. After this Kansas City Chiefs game, depending on how it goes, Denver could look very, very different in the next 10 or so days. They could, Cody. I mean, obviously, when you have that kind of a, you know, in between two games, it's almost like a mini bye week right there. So it allows you to kind of take some time and say, all right, you know, we, we do want to make some of these changes and we know that the trade market is heating up. We've seen, I, I just was walking around at the zoo today, Cody, I hear Van Jefferson got traded a couple of days ago. Chase Claypool got traded. Trades are going on. Teams are ready to start making these moves and they want these players now because there's so many teams right now that are two and three, three and two, and they're just right in the thick of things. And they want to make sure, okay, if we're going to make a, a little run here, let's go get these guys that can help us right away and not just wait to the trade deadline to see where things are at. So I, I, I like the mentality by teams that are out there, but I think it also is going to force the Broncos to have to make some maybe not knee-jerk decisions, but some quicker decisions than you would ideally like to make based on, hey, if you're one in five at the end of this, you know, at the end of Thursday night, when you and I talk on late Thursday night or Friday morning, whatever the case may be, if we're talking about a one in five team, I think we are talking about a team that's seriously considering not just blowing it up for the sake of blowing it up, but saying we need to start the ball rolling on getting new guys in here, guys that are buying into the vision, guys that are buying into the culture because that losing, what have we heard repeatedly? This team not only needs to learn how to win, they need to learn how not to lose. Well, and you look at Kansas City as well. You look at Sean Payton said it best. Like there's times where Kansas City struggles and makes mistakes, right? But they still find ways to win games. And that's the mark of a really good football team. Denver's not there. And look, I, I and I don't think that Denver's going to be like we talk about the trade deadline. I don't think Denver's going to go out there and trade for anybody. I don't think they're going to spend capital to bring somebody in. I think more so if they're going to do anything at the deadline. They're going to offset guys and get draft capital. That way they can try to build. And look, they may even, I was talking with Andrew Mason at, at practice. And one of the things I think that we could see Denver do, which I mean, so far it's worked for the Houston Texans. 
But you know, in the offseason, the last two years, they've gone out and they've just signed a bunch of dudes to one-year deals, right? A lot of role players, not necessarily like the big, sexy, flashy Lamborghini names, but dudes that are just role players. And those guys are producing for them. If Denver is going to go and say, let's strip some things down here, that might be the best course of action for them because it could be a one to two year process. And we'll see where things are at on some other things. But I, I felt like it was also interesting enough here. Broncos head coach Sean Payton told us on Tuesday following practice that the team isn't looking to make any moves. Obviously, they always monitor the NFL trade deadline, but they're not making a move, make any moves with the players that they have there. But he did say, hey, teams call all the time. That's just part of it. But he said, and he was kind of open about it, they're not looking to make any moves, which for me, part of me wonders here, how much of that is real, how much it's not, because he also came out this offseason and said that they're not looking to trade any of the receivers, and they didn't do that. So do we believe Sean Payton? Is there just smoke and mirrors here? I mean, obviously, you don't want to tip your hand, but I think with Denver sitting at the record that they're at, if someone picks up the phone and calls, like Denver could be swayed or enticed a little bit. Yeah, to me, what he just said right there, Cody, is that the phone lines are open. So if you want somebody, go ahead and give us a call, but we're not going to necessarily desperately try to get rid of these players, right? Because there's no reason for the Broncos to do that. They don't need to sell low on a bunch of guys. There's there's not a, we haven't, shockingly, Cody, I feel like the Broncos are one team where you could justify a lot of players making trade requests or saying like, I want to be traded. You rarely ever hear of that. If it's if it's happening behind the scenes, I can't recall a player who's like, I just I don't want to be here anymore. You know, Chris and Harris done, like, is the last one. Chris Harris. There you go. So that's it's been a while. So certainly it's a situation where I think Sean Payton and George Payton, the phones are are open and they're going to be willing to take calls. Now, the one thing that's nice about the NFL trade deadline is like. A lot of people say it's anticlimactic. Yes, the day of the NFL trade deadline is pretty anticlimactic, but certainly the days and weeks leading up are not. We've seen big trades happen every year for the last however many years for the Denver Broncos trading away Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Emmanuel Sanders, Demarius Thomas. Like The Broncos make at least one big trade, I feel like, every trade deadline. And, and so I feel like it's on the horizon. It's coming, especially with a loss in this game. And I think we would see... Uh, huge changes with the starting lineup. Obviously, a lot of players like Portland Sutton, we already mentioned, Frank Clark. Could Justin Simmons be on the move? Jerry Judy is another name that has popped up in trade rumors. And then there could be just, uh, if teams are looking at the Broncos, they might just call on just about anybody and say, hey, what do you what do you want for Pat Sertan? What do you want for Josie Jewell? What do you want for XYZ? It could be anybody on this roster. And I don't think at this point that anybody is immune if the right offer comes along. It'll be very interesting to see how Denver fluctuates. I think we're more than likely going to see a move at a receiver than anything. And it makes kind of a little bit of too much sense here too, because you look at Traquan Smith, who just signed the practice squad last week, he had offers to join some teams, 53 man rosters. So part of me is wondering, okay, Hey, you know, is Trey, could they just roll with maybe a Marvin Mims, Brandon Johnson, Trey Quan, little Jordan Humphrey, and then your tight end usage that you have Denver roll into the rest of the season with those guys. I could see it a possibility here for them, but it would mean that, hey, that means they're kind of punting on the season. And look, we we got some comments on YouTube the other day, Sarah, where we were told, well, there's 12 games left in the season. Anything's possible. And certainly, yeah, anything is possible. But we've talked about it here on the show as much as we would like the Broncos to be successful for you, for the sake of the fans that watch this show as well. And it's great because when things are good, things are even better here for us. And the audience isn't as angry. But the reality of the situation is here. 
Denver is in a position where these 12 games remaining, they get tougher and tougher. They have the second hardest strength of schedule remaining outside of the Cincinnati Bengals who have the hardest schedule remaining left on the season. The way Denver has played hasn't shown, I think, any of us any reasons to have optimism that they're going to get things together. The offense has been fine, right? And obviously there's areas they got to be better, but if the defense continues to struggle at the rate that they're at, another change we could see maybe made after Thursday Night Football could never make a change in defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case. It could be in the plans. It could be in the works. But it's something that Sean Payton has expressed that the Broncos run defense and the struggles that they've had needs to get fixed, needs to get fixed quickly, which, hey, you have a short turnaround on Sunday to Thursday. Not very easy to do just that. So we'll see how Thursday's game goes here. But Broncos country, that'll wrap up today's episode. Lockdown Broncos and your favorite podcast and provider or wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. We're going to be talking a little bit more in terms of a preview on tomorrow's episode, Lockdown Broncos crossover Thursday. Yes, it's on game day here, but Chris Clark and Sarah Bettinger are going to sit down to preview Thursday's big time matchup in primetime action on Amazon Prime. Broncos 10 and a half point road underdogs in this game. Who are the players to watch? What are the keys to victory? Well, you're going to get all that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.